Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall, joined once again by my co-host, Adam Martin, Andrew Manning. We are back again. However, we are back full to the brim of knowledge and excitement and just relief that the week one of NFL has been and gone. It culminated last night with the game of Las Vegas Raiders beating the Baltimore Ravens. So much joy in my heart, in our team, amongst all the fans in the UK, but the NFL is now back. And what a weekend it has been and what a season it's going to be. So exciting. Such an exciting weekend. We're going to talk a lot about the stuff happened last weekend um, on this show and our main show. You can also catch this week will be our debut show for the fantasy football show with Adam and Andrew looking at the fantasy league that we are all in. Having a bit of a laugh, a very jovial podcast. That will be obviously the NFL draft that we did for the fantasy football league is still out there. If you want a bit more of a grip of what that episode is going to be maybe like, a bit looser probably than this sort of show. Uh, and thank you for tuning in to the Sunday debut show where we did the Sunday preview show for the games that happened on Sunday. Really appreciate it. Um, more of them to come throughout the season. We are also affiliated with Star Sports Betting for all your betting needs in the NFL season. Make sure you go over to there and use promo code FTAG when you sign up with them to let them know that we've sent you there. They're going to have all the NFL betting numbers for the season on there. Lots of specials. Make sure you go check out Star Sports Betting. It is also in our social media as well. So go and check them guys out. Week one, what a great time to be alive. Lots of highs, lots of lows. A few more lows in, amongst our group here, admittedly, with you guys, the Packers and the Giants. A, a massive high for this guy. Steelers came, went to Buffalo, went to New Airfield, a game that I was meant to be at. But obviously, with the restrictions as they are, could not go in and had to sell my ticket. Wasn't able to go. But the Steelers went and did it. We showed that defence is all you need to beat any team. And maybe a little bit of offence every now and then. A little bit of magic. Byron, apparently, our friend of the podcast, claimed that Najee Harris is a bust. We'll wait and see on that one. I really don't think he is. But what a game by the Steelers. I, we're going to talk more about the Packers and Giants, I'm sure. But Adam, week one, we've had it. How great was it to have NFL back? Yeah, no, it's brilliant that the fact that it was back and it was, you know, enjoyable to sit down, watch Red Zone, and you know, it was great having all of that there. Uh, you know, you can tell that me and Andrew looked depressed as uh, due to our team's uh, appalling games. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. It, like I say, it's it's great to have it back. It's great to have the fans in the stadium. It's it's great to just be able to sort of like get the season started because it is such a long off season and what with the whole COVID thing before it and, and all of that as well. I mean, it really has just reached the point where it kind of felt like it was never going to happen. We were never going to get to that point again. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so it's great that all of that happened. Unfortunately, not exactly the best result in the world for me. Um, or Ash, Ash has disappeared. I mean, that's how bad she's taken it. Exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah i mean just just a you know a, a rough day really but it was great to have it back i feel like ash has taken a bit of a sabbatical um <laughs> she will be joining us for the rest of the week hopefully and in other episodes but obviously she's having she's in mourning i think you know like bless her she's gonna have some time she's gonna recuperate come back bigger better faster stronger um well hopefully Aaron rogers will and we know that ash will um <laughs> I completely forgot about the fans being in the stadium. Like, I suddenly was watching the game and was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. The fans are actually, this is noisy. Like, it's affecting the players. It's affecting the game. Uh, that was so much fun. And then when we look across the divisions, 
the NFC North, not single winner in that division, but the NFC West, the AFC West, all of them guys won their won their games. Everyone in their divisions won. I mean, Andrew, one week one, how competitive is this NFL season going to be? I mean, yeah, I think when you look across the board at how entertaining all the games were as well, uh, and even even the ones that we thought were going to be really dull and boring or maybe we didn't have our uh, eyes on, they turned out to be interesting games. I know on the preview show, there was a few games we brushed across real quickly and they turned out to be really exciting games in the end. So, you know, the noise in that stadium definitely, in all of the stadiums, definitely pays a, a, a difference to everything going on and the celebrations and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it makes me really excited to watch it with how good all the games were. There was obvious results. There was heartbreak. There was upset. There was, unfortunately was injuries. Uh, Raheem most have been one latest today. He's going to be out for the season. Very unfortunate. We saw some players break out. We saw some fantastic rookie performances as well. And we also saw some veteran players just having a phenomenal game one as well. It's such so great to see players like Von Miller back, Nick Bosa, players like that. Um, unfortunately, yeah, some players have are going to be injured now, going to be out for the year. Luckily, there's looks like there's going to be some players that are going to be minor injuries played players like Mackay Beckton obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick and on the IR is unfortunate as well but these things happen it is the NFL it is football but we are moving on to week two or episode two I suppose of our regular season you know how it goes by now hopefully we are all pitching a point and we're going to be chatting about it it's going to be our episode sort of structure every week so I hope you enjoy the ride can be critical of each other could be with each other on points but we're going to be, you know, each having a topic and talking about that for a bit as we go through the show. So, Adam, we're going to start with you tonight. What is the point that you're bringing to the table this week for us to chat about? I think the main point that I feel needs to be mentioned, and as I, you know, had a really bad result, made the mistake of going on Twitter afterwards. Packers Twitter was just awash with just madness, absolute madness. Don't panic. <laughs> but every every team out there where it hasn't started well, just don't panic. Because it, it, I understand that everyone wants to get off on a good start. Of course they do. And, you know, very quickly in the NFL, one can lead to two, to three, to four, and it, it can go very wrong. But in reality, for a lot of these teams just you know there is no need to panic about losing the first game a team for example someone like buffalo they've lost the first game they were at home yeah. and they've lost but guess what they lost to a team that's got a really good defense and played really well you know the packers had an awful game really really poor They're, apart from the o line there was there was nothing there at all really there was nothing on the offense the defense was its normal self which is normally not that great and the o-line i thought did okay they kept aaron Rodgers upright quite a bit but again they played a team that actually played really well you know that, that's the one thing that everyone's forgetting the saints actually played really well and controlled that clock really really well and that's something that i feel like people are just going, oh, it's a disaster for Green Bay. But actually, you've got to look at it as though it's a really good result for the Saints. You know, teams like Tennessee, who are predicted to do well, teams like Washington, who are predicted to do well, both of these teams were at home and they've lost games. It's a very competitive league this year. There are some teams who are not great, 
but there are also a lot of teams that are, are very good. And so you're going to end up losing. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to lose quite a few games. So it's really not the end of the world to lose this game. It's, I saw um, I saw earlier that Urban Meyer's been linked to the USC mm. job. It's like, what? why? Just why? There's no need to panic. Like for him, there's no need. To, it's crazy. So really, I just feel like with with all of them, yes, it, it's not great. No one wants to lose the first game, especially if you're at home as well. No one wants to lose the first game. But at the end of the day, you you can't, you know, you can't expect to win every game because it is such a competitive league now. And so I think on the whole, don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think it was more this panic station? Because I agree with you. As soon as teams lose week one, as soon as your team underperforms, there is this panic mode thing. Was it more, for example, with uh, the Packers, with, I mean, arguably the Jets. The Jets did hold Panthers pretty well at, at a lot of points. Uh, the Titans, the Falcons, I mean, they just really, really, like, it was just very, very poor outing from a lot of them teams. Is that why the panic said, you know, the Bills, you could argue the Bills were in it for the whole game. And they yeah. only lost really due to really the Steelers coming back in the second half doing well. The Ravens, the Raiders, I thought that was a very equally matched game up until the second half where the rubber look went for the Raiders a bit more. Waller was making the catches. Other receivers were making the catches. The defence really started to come up against Lamar Jackson. They couldn't really get things going. Um, you know, is it more the style that people panic about of, of losing rather than actually losing? Um, I'm, I'm not sure really if it is or not. I just feel people just like to panic for the sake of panicking. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I don't think that it, I, obviously the style doesn't help. Um, but to me, I, I just feel like, I think there's such a build up. There's, you know, it's, as I think, um, I think I read that aside from the Super Bowl, the first game of the season is the most watched game. And it's almost like there's such a build-up, there's such a sort of clamouring for fans to be able to watch the NFL. And that's only heightened this year because they haven't been able to go for a whole season. And it, it kind of feels like there was such a build-up, such a such hysteria in the media of constantly going on and on and on and on about it, that you then go or you watch it and you go, oh, well, that was a bit... Our, why is our team so rubbish? You know, it's like what's happened, or you know, I think every probably every set of beat writers for every team are coming out and being very sort of like optimistic, building up the team's chances. All the team are building up their own chances because they're not going to come out and say they're rubbish. Um, so you know, you have things like that, and I just kind of feel like because of that, when you do watch a game. And it doesn't go according to plan. It all kind of goes. It, it, you either just feel completely flat, or as what a lot of people seem to like to do, they go to Twitter and lose their mind and go on a mad attack or about thing. I mean, I saw things for for trade Aaron Rodgers. Now uh, <laughs> there was there was wanting to get rid of the GM. Now wanting to get rid of Lafleur. It was like everything. I mean, Lafleur's like. 
he's got some crazy record. He's lost like three games in two seasons. But let's get rid of him because it's all gone wrong on the first one. You know, it's it, it's mental. So I do feel that it, you you just don't have to panic. Yeah, the performances of a lot of these teams, they they weren't great. But sometimes it just doesn't work on the first day. And with a bit of bit of coaching, a bit of match practice for the next one, you know that because that's the other thing. They're all only going to improve because you've got to bear in mind this. You know, especially for I, I don't know so much about the other teams, but for Green Bay, you know, they didn't. None of the starters really did much in preseason. They they didn't do much in preseason last year, so it's not like you know it's it's the same sort of thing. It happens a lot of the time in the NFL. They don't really do a lot in preseason, so it's the first time that Rogers has thrown a ball in Angone since losing the NFC Championship game last year. So you know sometimes it might just take a bit of time, and I think especially for teams like maybe like the Falcons. I mean, we were all saying they're going to be this exciting offense. And they haven't really done anything in the first game. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to improve. So, yeah, I think sometimes... They're still, they're still, they're still on track to go 14 and 3, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh Ash, we, we, we will burn you for that for a while, mate, unfortunately, <laughs> even though she isn't here with us tonight. Um, I, yeah, I agree. It's, the extingu it's, the extingu it's extinguishing the hope. You know, everyone in their minds can go like, we're a bad team, but if we just win that first game, if we just click, if we just get it together, that could be the role, that could be the starter. I mean, like Steelers last year, I'm just, it's an example of my, my team. You know, we win the first game and then you win the second game and then you win the third game and you're like, oh yeah, it's going okay. And then you win that fifth game or you might lose one or two games, but it's that ball rolling scenario where it's like, well, okay, we get the ball rolling soon. It's good. I think some teams are very good at picking themselves up from that. Some teams are not so good at picking themselves up from that. We're going to see that throughout the season. Um, Andrew, is is it panic stations in New York? Uh, how are you feeling about the Giants? I, I feel like let's move on to your point. I know it is Giants orientated. My point will not be Steelers orientated. Just <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, so we'll go on to you, Andrew. What's the point you bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, I, I was in full agreement with Adam when we were looking at what we wanted to talk about for this week, and I went through them. And I was like. Do you know what? I'm not sure whether I can really drill down into any of these because I don't know what to take from the Titans losing or, you know, um, the, the Packers. I, I don't know what to express to the people watching of what I think was wrong. So I, I drilled into something that maybe I had a bit more knowledge on. Uh, and that was I, I had, uh, you know, both screens up for the for Red Zone and for the Giants. So I had them both on. I watched the Giants game while it was uh, while Red Zone was on the other channel. And while watching it, it, it wasn't an exciting game, uh, to be fair. It was one of the few games of the of the week that probably people... They didn't even show that much on Red Zone. It was that interesting. Um, you know, the split between the two teams was probably... Uh, one fumble, I'd probably say, and Teddy Bridgewater uh, did look a bit more veteran, uh, made it, making better decisions. But I think when, even when you look at the stats and you look at everything across the board, across both teams... They were very, very, very evenly matched bar the run game for the Broncos. So this brings me to my point of, you know, the Giants weren't very imaginative. They didn't do a lot. Daniel Jones, to be fair, had virtually the same stats as Teddy Bridgewater. 
Um, so, and we're, we're saying Teddy Bridgewater had a good game. So, is the problem Daniel Jones? I'm not so sure. Uh, putting the ball on the floor is a problem. You know, that's, that's been a problem. <laughs> He's finished first in the last two years for fumbles. But I'm starting to think that maybe the issue at the Giants is Jason Garrett. And okay. because when you really, really look at it, we met our averages pretty much, you know, I think since he's become offensive coordinator, we've averaged like 17 points per game, you know, in the last seven, eight games of that, it's been an average of 14 points per game. Um, I think in the whole time he's been there as offensive coordinator, we haven't had over 270 passing yards. Uh, and while I was watching it, I think we had two nice drives and that's all I can take from what the Giants did for that whole game. Uh, I thought we were really unimaginative. I thought we didn't do much. There was no run game. Saquon's back, but we didn't really do anything about it. If we thought it was going to be an issue, why didn't we address getting a, a bigger star or a young star from the draft, which I thought would be an idea. So we could heavily use a bit of a bit more of a run game. So I think the real issue we've got at the Giants looking at week one is our offensive coordinator. I really think they need to look at that. Maybe week two, if it's still something similar, you know, it's a quick fix. That is, it's not like you know, bringing in a quarterback from somewhere else. Which I, I, immediately I thought, oh, come on, Daniel Jones. Maybe it's him that's the issue. And I said to you guys, you know, what what quarterbacks can we trade for during the season and maybe turn this round? But <laughs> I'm thinking there's a quick fix, an offensive coordinator that's just a bit more imaginative. Will will take some risks. We saw some teams this week from from other games that took risks and they paid off mm. we took no risks we played very safe very short plays you know nothing exciting and you know the, the score showed the difference uh so yeah I, I i don't know whether you guys agree i'm not sure what you're thinking with what i'm saying but i think offensive corner is a, is a quick fix and could really spark some life into us because we've definitely got the talent there I think this was something that was levelled at uh, Jason Garrett when he was head coach in Dallas, wasn't it? That his sort of offensive play just isn't very imaginative. And yet you had some, you know, you had players there. You look at that Dallas offence and the players that he had. OK, he didn't have CeeDee Lamb, but he still had Amari Cooper and Dak and stuff like that. So it was a, you know, strong offence. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I feel that, I feel that Daniel Jones is just not, he's not the guy, he, you know, really. Because the thing is, is that even um, even if he his stats were similar to Teddy Bridgewater, I think most people would probably come out and say that Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy either. Uh, he's a solid quarterback, but he's not going to win you a Super Bowl anyway. Um, so I do feel that because of that, that that is a big issue, um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're probably not not that far off. I mean, do you? I, I suppose the problem is is because you've got Joe Judge there, who like his whole uh, career in college has been special teams. I think so. I, I suppose you almost maybe maybe by bringing him in whether the owners almost felt like they needed to bring in like a, a steady older coach who's been around for a long time 
and this is what you get from it. Um, maybe you, you don't quite get the imaginative play calling that, that you need. And I don't know, I suppose, like I say, it, it's the first game, so they're not, they're probably not going to change anything too quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, may, maybe it is something that would, would help, help them out. Maybe bringing in a, a younger offensive mind would be something that would help them. But I I don't know. I, I, I think all the time you've got Daniel Jones there, there's going to be a limit to what the Giants are going to be able to do. And although the defence did well last year, you know, they, they did okay, but they didn't look amazing. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like there's quite a few issues with the Giants at the moment. Yeah, I think there, I think you're right with saying there is a few issues. I don't disagree with that. I just, um, I just think maybe we've not, we have seen glimpses of Daniel Jones being good. Is, is the thing that's holding him back, not getting to the next level, the backroom staff behind him? Has he got, that next level on, on the coaching, you know, when you're doing your training, when you're going through the drills, it's Jason Garrett that's that's running them for him, with him. Um, it, if he's not learning anything, you know, he's young, he didn't go to a, a fantastic college with a massive program, he went to Duke. So, you know, he's not come from Nick Saban, where, you know, you're coming in and you already know what how to move to the next level. Um, I just think that that could be an issue. I just, I, I'm, I'm borderline not quite ready to give up on him fully yet uh, and i just think <laughs> that the offensive coordinator is is, is such a, a quick fix and like you say he didn't do it in dallas uh with what they had so wh why is this not being addressed as an issue do you think the talent's going to take some um yes yeah, take some of the heat from it as well as as garrett because garrett yeah all right garrett's offense in the recent history with Dallas was poor and wasn't that exciting. However, when Dak was coming through, when Zeke came through as the is a, a, a rookie and Zeke at the same time, they didn't have, you know, they had Des Bryant there and, and players like that. And they were an exciting new offense. But at the same time, Zeke was just coming in. Dak was this quarterback out of nowhere. I can understand how NFL teams didn't know these players, maybe didn't have the, the, the knowledge to be able to combat them. And as time has progressed, yeah, he got in Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. And there was that them exciting talents, but he did make it work. And they were winning games and they were winning division and getting and getting on. And as, as time went by, it, it did seem to decrease. And obviously, the NFC East has become, you could argue, more competitive or less competitive. But it sort of is equaling out a lot in the last few years. It has been very close between all the teams, though not many wins between you guys. It has been close. So the talent worked for Garrett for a time in Dallas. Do you think the, the talent needs to step up itself as well? Because you've got some quality players there. Barkley, all right, you can say what you can say about his injury last year. He's not 100% fit in my book. I think there's still a lot to see from him. Daniel Jones, again, only a, what, is his second or third year now? Third year. This is third year. Okay, so you've got a whole season. First game of the third year. Again, don't panic. You know, he's got a whole, a whole season to go with. Golladay, you've just got in. Okay, a veteran, but you have only just got him in. Sterling Shepard's been injury-prone for his career, really. Evan Engram, okay, I think everyone's a bit out on him now as a talent. Um, Darius Slayton, the forgotten guy, the whole time this offseason. Do you think there is that, that it's, it is just week one, the talent's going to step up as we go along? 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always believed in the talent that we've got. It's always, you know, it's always shone through when it's been healthy. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Golladay. You know, they're, I think the talent's there with those players. I think, you know, they had good games. They, there wasn't a lot of drops. There wasn't mm. much uh, wrong. What, what did Sterling Shepard add? Over 100 yards and a touchdown, I think. I believe so. Slayton was in the 60s. Golladay was in the 60s. I mean, they're there. They're catching the ball, you know. That's not that doesn't seem to be the issue with the bar than us not having a run game. Um, and you mentioned about bringing a veteran head in. I mean, there's lots of teams around the uh NFL now that are that are plucking people out of straight out of college, uh, offensive coordinators and head coaches and going, Come and join us. And it seems to be working. You you know, look what they're doing at the Panthers. There's they're two college uh a, a quarterback coach and a head coach there. Um, and no one's saying, oh, you know, it's not quite right uh, and that. So I think the talent's there and I don't know how much longer. I think Joe Judge has done a great job of getting the team in that he's got the player-wise. And his job is then just to sort of knit them together, keep the, you know, the attitude correct. And, you know, like Kevin Stefanski's done at Cleveland, keep the chaos away and keep the team together. So uh, I think he's, he's he's doing a good job of that. And the players that he's brought in, they're only going to buy into this for so long. Uh, so I think we do need a quick fix because we've got a lot of free agents. Uh, then no one's on particularly long contracts. If this goes, you know, tits up this year, um, are people going to want out after after one year of it? You know, no one wants to be part of a rebuild, getting another quarterback in. So I think we need to do something early this season, early on in the season, to maybe get something out of it to say, hang on, you know, there's something worth sticking around for here. You are you are right about the numbers, though, with uh, with Shepard, seven receptions, 113 yards t- and a tug. Uh, Slayton, three receptions, 65. Cap Golday, four receptions, 64. And again, you said about numbers being similar just for our listeners. Daniel Jones, 22 for 37, 267 in yards and a touchdown. Bridgewater, 28 for 36, 264 and two touchdowns. So, such fine margins between them. Sorry, Adam, I did interrupt you for them stats. Go ahead. I think the only reason I mentioned about the older head is purely because he was a spe- uh, Joe Judge was special teams, whereas for a, a lot of the other ones, maybe they weren't special teams coaches. The other thing is when it when you look at it, I mean, I've just pulled it up. If you look at what uh, Jason Garrett had, I mean, Dak Prescott got four thousand nine hundred passing yards and thirty touchdowns in his last year. Now I know you can't completely compare him it doesn't work like that but it does go to show that he does have the ability to run an offense that does work um i just feel that you know i agree with you i think bringing in a younger guy uh, someone i mean you look at all these young guys that are in it now i mean you know they're all my age it's ridiculous mm-hmm. it's like there's going to reach a point where i'm going to be older than the most of the head guy you know it's insanity um, so it it is crazy but it does seem to be working there does seem to be a new wave of coaching that seems to work now and i'm not saying that all of these older ones don't doesn't work i mean look andy reed obviously not the youngest guy out there at the moment bill belichick and all that so there is room for it but all i'm saying is there does seem to be a new wave coming through now and i feel like jason garrett is maybe one of the maybe one of the older guards that probably isn't necessarily going to get you where you want to go, but 
like I said, I just feel like there's a lot more problems than just Jason Garrett. And I don't think that Daniel Jones is the guy. Saquon didn't look great. He looked like someone who clearly wasn't 100%. Whether, yeah. that, whether that was physically or mentally wasn't 100%. Uh, he wasn't 100%. We knew that going into the game, but yeah. he didn't look good because we never gave him a chance to really do anything. I think if you look at the plays that he did, what did he, he carried the ball 10 times. Yeah. Um, yeah. We never gave him anything. We were protecting him uh, yeah. way too much, which why go into a game and your main running back be protected and not go for it? You know, Najee Harris never left the field. He's a rookie, could have got injured. He was on the field every single play. Uh, so, you know. I yeah, suppose ten, it's coming back. Ten, ten, he had 10 carries for 26 yards. Yeah. It's, it tells a story, doesn't it? One of the points I was going to make, actually, with talking about OC, because uh, I can get where you're coming from, Andrew. I can understand where you go, right, OC is a quick fix sort of thing. But if you look at the league at the minute, Jason Garrett got the OC job at the Giants because he couldn't get a head. He was not going to get a head coach job anywhere else. And you look at the guys who are now new head coaches, who are the head coaches at new teams this year. People like Nick Sirianni, Eric Bieniemy was one coach that was people were throwing around. These coordinators are going, and, and the college coordinators are going into head coaching roles so quickly. I don't think there is exact. I don't actually think there's much of a market, unfortunately, for these young new guys to go and be an OC in New York, to be a DC in San Francisco, or to you know to be an OC in Detroit or whatever. I think a lot of these young guys, especially at college now, are going, I'm cutting my teeth in college and I can get Texans or, you know, Texans are, okay, they won it the weekend. But they are looking at all these weaker franchises. Giants, unfortunately, are in that conversation. I'm going, well, if I just cut my teeth another year, I have another good year at UNC. If I have another good year at Florida, I could go from being a head coach here to a head coach in the NFL. And they look at play people like I know Urban Meyer's got the history of being a great college coach, but he just got he just jumped back into the NFL so quickly with Jacksonville. And these there's there's OCs and DCs who are getting the big names for themselves around the league at being fantastic, and they're jump they're jumping into these head coaching jobs. Do you think, yeah, all right, we you get it's a quick fix for the OC, but is the Giants for a lot of coordinators an attractive job when they can easily get a head coach job maybe in a year or so if they just stay patient? I think when it comes to offensive coordinators, I think um, and the way it's moving, I think um, there's a there's a hidden trick with the offensive coordinators. There's a lot of old quarterbacks that never made it, and they didn't make it because they weren't good enough on the field physically, but their minds were were better than some of the athletes that are on there still playing in the NFL. You know, there is people that have taken punts on ex-quarterbacks that didn't make it as a player, but are extremely good coaches. And you don't know that until they're given the chance. We've seen it with a few um, offensive coordinators and uh, are ex-quarterbacks. You might not have even known. They maybe didn't even play in the NFL. They may have had a really good college career at quarterback, went into a bit of coaching and then worked their way up. There's some hidden gems in there like that that I'm sure... Um, we could find uh, and give a chance. And uh, I know what are we losing if we give someone a chance? We're already saying there's problems there. We're not looking great. You know, it could be, it could end in a rebuild. So, you know, if there's anything I think that we can do to maybe at least try, what what we losing? What we losing? Mm. We can't we can't go we can't do any worse. And if we do, 
you know, we do get a great quarterback in the draft. So, you know, that's that's that's, that's the, the difference. There's definitely two Manning brothers out there who are putting on a very good show, but they, they, they are just sitting around poking fun at the NFL and having a laugh with players. So both of them could be available. And one obviously having a very strong link with New York. Um, I'm going to go on to my point and I'm going to look at, I, at first, I was going to say, look at the first round wide receivers, but Rashad Bateman's now on IR for eight weeks and Kadarius Tony, we don't even need to talk about. It seems I think he went for minus yards in the game. So I'm just going to look at the top three wide receiver prospects from the draft uh, and how well they did. Uh, so Jamar Chase, obviously, Jaden Waddle and Devontae Smith. Um, all their teams won in week one as well. The Bengals beat the Vikings in overtime 27-24. Eagles beat the Falcons, th- blowing out the Falcons, 32-6. to um, Dolphins just edging past the Patriots, 17-16. to All three of these receivers went for over 50-plus yards and a touchdown. Um, I'm going to look at each of them individually, so I've got my notes just here. Chase, five receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. He's the first rookie in Cincinnati history to have 100-plus receiving yards in week one. Um, I, I really enjoyed Chase. Uh, I think he, he did really fantastic. You know, all the criticism he was getting in the preseason, how poor he was and how he didn't look great. He shushed it all. He he put it all to bed because the first ball that he gets, it, yeah, it goes backwards and immediately the Bengals fans are like, oh God, it's the preseason. It's now going into this. It's not going to be good. What if he drops the ball? But then he gets that nice first catch in space. He gets warmed up and he gets his touchdown at the end of the half. Um, the cornerback does a poor job. I do admit that. And actually, I think it was Bashar Breland who was on the thing and apparently he got injured on that play. So there's got to be a bit of a look factor there. There always is. But Jamal Chester and uh, Joe Burrow was like mega pumped as well for that touchdown, which I loved. Which, again, is the thing that's running theme throughout these rookie wide receivers is the connections of Burrow and Chase at LSU and obviously the Alabama connections with Waddle and uh, Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. So they've all got a connection, these guys. Um, he had a great, a good third quarter as well. Um, I think that tandem with him and Higgins and Boyd is really going to work. Um, they are up against a better defense in the Bears next week, but they're not going to use the running game. Bears' running game defense was pretty decent, I thought, in the first game. If if their run defense is going to be good, Chase is going to have every opportunity to shine because their cornerbacks, though decent, Eddie Jackson at the back there and safety, Jalen Johnson. Um, he could really have an opportunity to really step up to another level. Uh, Jalen Waddle, four receptions for the Dolphins, 61 yards, a touchdown on six targets. Second player in Dolphins history with 60-plus receiving yards and receiving touchdown in the first quarter of a game. Um, he came up against the top, the, the best defence out of these three guys and the best cornerback room anyway. Again, Stefan Gilmore uh, wasn't there, but JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones, very good players as well. And uh, the first play of the game went to him and you could see how impactful he was going to be after the catch. As soon as he got that ball, uh, well, sorry, his first play, not the first play of the game. As soon as he got that ball, the way he ran, it wasn't like a Bama where he saw he seemed to get the outside and the jets came on and he just sped past everyone. He was fighting. He had, It was physicality against players. And I really loved seeing that. It showed as soon as intent. But as soon as he gets the ball, he's not satisfied with where he gets it. He's going to fight for every single yard and get you them yards. Yes, he can go out on the outside and, and burn you with the speed, but he's going to bring that physicality for this Dolphins team as well. Um, he contributed a lot in the game. He, he did really well. He had a couple of drops where he should have had them, I think. Um, he did look really great man-to-man as well. And, um, you know, he, he got and he, he got to do some work to get his touchdown. It wasn't an easy touchdown. He slipped on the play. 
um, still made the recovery, caught touchdown, and only just edged it in being covered by two players. So he did fantastic to get into the end zone. Again, that tandem with him being like the speedster and Devontae Parker being the big guy, that's really going to work. I know they've got Albert Wilson in there as well. Jakeem Grant plays his part as well, but I really like what's going on there. They've got the Bills week two. And if Levi Wallace plays anything like Levi Wallace did against the Steelers, Waddle could have two touchdowns and maybe 100 yards because Levi Wallace was not great against us in the second half. Um, if he, knowing that maybe probably Tredavis White is going to be linked up with Devontae Parker. And then we're going to Devontae Smith. I have to admit, Devontae Smith out of all three of them was the one that least wowed me. And I feel harsh because we have slammed the Eagles before. Um, and we do, we do do it quite often. Obviously, Andrew being a Giants fan and me and, Andrew, me and Adam have, have not been the kindest. Um, but six receptions, 71 yards, touchdown, eight targets. He was the first Eagles rookie with a receiving touchdown in the first quarter of, uh, of his first game since 1988. Um this was helped due to the Ingles dominating, but he was better in the first half than he was in the second. So he was the one who got the momentum going. Um, his first drive showed what he could do blocking, um, and he got his touchdown on this first catch, which was a really great design play. When you rewatch it, the Ertz, Ertz sort of stutter blocks a guy, but it's a clear, it's not a block because he would have been flagged for it, but he just gets in the way. He just gets it, Like tight end does, they get their big body in the way. And Devontae Swift groups in and gets the touchdown. Um he, he had four straight completions in the second quarter as well. And and it worked and they worked their way down the field and he worked. He, had, he did have a quiet third quarter and he popped up a little bit in the fourth. Um, and uh, But he, he, though didn't shine, I don't mean that in a negative, I just, there was a lot going on that Eagles team that day. I thought the Eagles really utilised every weapon they had. Miles Sanders was great at the running game. Hertz was great in running. Uh, Watkins had a pretty good, decent day. Zach Hertz was playing his role. Goddard looked good as well. Actually, a lot a lot more impressive than we thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be. They have got the 49ers in week two, and they haven't got Jason Barrett. Unfortunately, he's injured in the injured corner there. That's going to be a very interesting one for him. I think it's going to be great watching all three. Situationally, for getting to the playoffs and successful season, Waddle's in the best scenario, I think, with the Dolphins. I think for who's going to be the best looking for a little bit here, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that link-up, it just really clicks. I think there's there's mouths to feed all these teams. And I do like what Devontae Smith is doing. But the one who I thought popped out the screen to me and passed the eye test of this superstar was Jamar Chase. And I think it was intentional to show that everyone who doubted him in that preseason was wrong. And that him and Burrow are going to be not going to miss a beat. And he's going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really was quite impressed with all three of them. I don't think none of them shone away from the limelight. I think they embraced the opportunity. They didn't look fearful, didn't look scared. They looked ready and suited and booted for the season. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I, I loved uh, all three of those performances as well. I don't, I, there's only one thing I slightly don't agree with you on, and that's uh, your, your negatives on Devonta Smith. I thought that he had a solid game. I thought he played really, really well. And it was it was more of a bigger game for him than the other two because mm. everyone told him, you know, you're not good enough for the NFL. Uh, you're too small. You're too skinny. And then he's coming out blocking, catching, getting separation, mm. you know, tackles, taking it all in his stride. Uh, and I think that's a really plus. And I think also with him being there, it improved Jalen Rager as well, who everyone mm. thought was a bust. Uh, they everyone was saying, oh, you know, we can't pick wide receivers. We're no good at it. Rager's no good. 
And I thought he brought on his game. I thought there's, like you said, there is a lot of mouse to feed, but the Eagles, we all said were going to be poor um, and not really do a lot. But I felt, I thought they were quite dynamic and they, they made a lot with what they've got, which they have always done in the past. So I really enjoyed uh, Devonta Smith's performance. And I thought he had a really, really good performance. I think uh, Jamar Chase did what I thought Jamar Chase was going to do. Um, I really championed him through his college career and then coming into the NFL. Uh, but the big thing there is, will Joe Mixon stay fit? Because uh, he is a big part of that. those wide receivers having big games, I think. I think it's the first time we've seen a running back play well for the Bengals outside, like Mixon now back in the mix. <laughs> um, and if he stays fit, I think we'll see Jamar Chase proper have a really good season waddle for me um he flew under the radar a little bit for me i thought he had a nice game um mm. but i wasn't as wild by him as the other two but equally you know he did what he was supposed to do and he did it well yeah i must admit <clears throat> i um i didn't really see a lot of the patriots dolphins game so i i haven't but from what you know, I mean, he, he got his touchdown, didn't he, Waddle? And yeah. and from what I've read, it, it seemed like he did. He played quite well. Um, I thought Chase was really, really good. Uh, I, the, the thing that I suppose was the concern for Chase was that he, you know, he he couldn't catch anything during preseason. It was an absolute nightmare for him. Uh, yeah. So, I I think. You know, the fact that he could come out and there was a lot of, you know, reports and negativity around him. And like you said, that first one went backwards. There was a little bit of like, oh, God, what have we got here? But in in the end, he showed his, you know, how good he truly can be. A lot of that, as Andrew said, it's going to end up whether Mixon is going to be fit. That's going to be huge for the Bengals because it, it just opens everything up. So that that's the big one. But yeah, I thought Chase is really good. The one who impressed me the most was Smith, just purely because he is that much smaller and he, he does have that sort of negativity around him because of that. And I just kind of felt like it, it's difficult because you're playing against an Atlanta Falcons defence, which is not the greatest defence in the world. But you've still got to go out there and do it. And I just kind of feel like, Smith showed that this is why he won the Heisman Trophy. You know, th mm. this is the reason that he was the guy. And although Chase wasn't around it, it's for that season, it still showed that Smith is a real high-quality wide receiver. That, you know, if he can keep that going with, with Hurts, then, you know, they, they will win games. And... You know, a lot of people, and we came out and said we didn't think they'd do very well. You know, they there's something there. They they do have something there now. And I think having that guy who, you know, with Rager, it kind of, you know, there are injuries and not great form and, and things like that. And I think now they've, they've actually got themselves a guy who, you know, he's the real deal and I think that he's definitely going to be one that's going to be around for a long time as long as he doesn't get injured and uh and yeah so out of the three I'd say Smith impressed me the most purely because I 
kind of not that I wasn't expecting him to be good, but I wasn't expecting him to be that good on the first day. So I think that that was the the one out of the three. But yeah, like I said, I didn't really see a lot of Waddle. So I mean, maybe in the future he might be the the guy as well. I think the my overall consensus was Waddle had a nice game for a starter. Smith had a better game than expected, but it was a tale of two halves in a way. Like you said, he got better and Jalen Rager got better with it. So in the first half, it was all about Devontae Smith. He was doing really well. In the second half, Jalen Rager really stepped up. So then you were, it sort of made you forget about Smith in a way because Rager was doing so well. It was like, oh, it's another guy who we didn't think was going to do well. He's doing really well. Um, and then, but Jamar Chase just for me just popped. I mean, he just had that pop factor. I don't know what it was. Um, that is not to detract from Devontae Smith or, I, again, Eagles fans will hate, probably hate us enough already as is as they think we're Eagles haters. Partially we are, but partially we're just honest. I'm not downplaying Devontae Smith. I think he was brilliant in that game, but Chase had that pop factor for me. For someone who doesn't watch college, who hasn't watched, is getting into college football more this year and watching the highlights and stuff, for someone who only did, does his college analysis via the draft near it in that January to, well, that February to April bit, I didn't see. I didn't. I don't see loads of highlights. I only see what I. See, you know, there's sometimes things I see. Jamar Chase showed. I thought showed me star quality. I thought Smith has got Scott has got that star quality. I just worry about the team around him. I don't know whether that's going to be sustainable every week, unfortunately. Um, but and and then the Waddle. I just thought I had a really nice game. I just thought it was just a very nice game. But he does add that another element for the Dolphins. Um, he might be an element that they really need um, going forward because I think. They may get found out in some other areas, unfortunately. That's why I, I think they're only a cusp playoff team. But like I said, situationally, Waddle's in the – he could go to the playoffs with that team. But that's not down to him. That's down to the team. Um, you know, the Eagles could definitely have a chance of going to the playoffs now. Well, we, we at least think that way anyway. And then Chase, it, it, with the Bengals, it's, it's just going to be – it's going to be one of them years for the Bengals. I, you know, let's just see what happens with it. Um that's all we've got time for, though. Thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Andrew, for your points. Make sure you check out the Fantasy Podcast. That will be a live podcast going out this week with Adam and Andrew chatting all things fantasy. Lots of fun. A bit more of a wild podcast than this. And then we also have our Sunday preview again. Hopefully this Sunday, however, all our calendars are really full. So maybe Sunday will be with a guest. We shall just have to see how it goes. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Bask in the glory of the NFL being back. And we'll see you all very soon.